0: Praise the Lord everybody, good to see you this morning, it's going to be a great, great day today in the house of the Lord, we're looking forward to all that, that he is going to do and uh, here in just a few minutes my in-laws will probably slip in and it's, it's good to have them with us this weekend. Ministering in our in our service, and this afternoon at two o'clock, Brother Anderson is going to be preaching over at Lake City. Our praise team is going over there to do the music for them, and uh, and then after that service this evening, he's going to be going over to Win, and he'll be preaching in Win tonight. And uh, he's got a long day ahead of him. I'm glad it's him and not me. <laughs> <coughs> amen uh, It is so good to see you today in the house of the Lord I believe God's got wonderful things in store Can you say amen? amen? Amen I would like to just take a moment And give the Lord thanks for what he did here Wednesday night The Lord moved here in a great way Wednesday night Why don't we thank God for that Could we do it in the name of Jesus We bless you Lord We bless you Lord We glorify you We magnify you Thank you for all that you have done Amen, amen. Well, it's good to see you today. Hope you've had a good week. I hope you're staying out of the sun. It has, been, it has been miserably hot out there. And it's time for one of y'all to get your rain dance out and see if we can get a little rain going. I'm going to turn to the book of Job Chapter number 33. It's good to have Brother Anderson, Sister Anderson here today. They're already praying for you. They know you got a long day. But I told them I was glad it was you and not me. (laughs) That's right. That's right. The Bible says in Job 33:14, "For God speaketh once, yea, twice, yet man perceiveth it not." God speaks once, he'll speak twice, yet man perceiveth it not. We need to be we need to be sensitive to the voice of God. We have we have if we're if we are truly apostolic people, if if the the ones that we say we are, which are Spirit-led people. Not, we're not just Spirit-filled, and we are Spirit-filled, right? But We're not just Spirit-filled, we need to be Spirit-led. And being Spirit-led has to do with hearing the voice of God. Now, let's take just a moment, and, and I want to help you a little bit, I think, on this. Hearing the voice of God is not just about hearing an audible voice. Now, can that happen? Yes. And there's probably it's that has never been experienced that I have had, but there's probably people in this room today that have experienced that. I know several that have through the years. That have heard the voice of the Lord. And so uh that happens and and thank God for when that happens, but that is not the only way that God speaks to us. That is that is just one of the ways that God speaks to us. He will he will uh he'll impress things upon you uh he'll he'll lay something on you so heavy that you just can't seem to get away from it and many times we're dealing with something and we're trying to we're trying to figure out everything that's going on and really god's trying to speak to us and we're just having a problem because we're excusing away everything that god is saying and we need to be very careful that we become sensitive to the voice of God. When he begins to speak, I want to recognize his voice. And then I want to respond to that voice. And Job says, uh, or Elihu says here in Job 33, he says, you know, God speaks once, he'll speak twice. Yet man perceives it not. Let's be careful that we don't lose um, our, our ability to hear God speak. If we're going to be apostolic, let's be apostolic, all right? And I thank God for the Holy Ghost. I thank God for baptism in the name of Jesus. I thank God for repentance. I thank God for a consecrated life. But I thank God that He speaks to me, too. And I thank God He directs me and leads me, too. Because I'm just going to tell you, there's been a, more than a few, there's been several times in my life that I would have been very concerned if I had not known that God had talked to me. And so, Elihu here is dealing with that. He's saying, you know, God's talking. Let's make sure that we're listening. So that being said, I'm dealing this morning with, with um, the Lord speaking to some people in the Bible and some of the things that he said to them and... Uh, and some things that I think we can glean from it. In Luke chapter number 10, Luke chapter number 10, verses 40 through 42, the Bible says, But Martha was cumbered about much serving, and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me, and Jesus answered and said unto her, and I want you to notice the way that he calls her name twice, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. So, <clears throat> Jesus, and I, and I know I've recently taught from this passage, but I'm going to go back to it for a moment. Jesus is making sure that he gets Martha's attention by calling her name twice. He is he's now one time you need to, if, if Jesus says your name one time you listen. If Jesus says your name twice, you know, you you just get rid of everything else. You get on the edge of your seat. He's he's saying now really really hear what I'm about to say. Martha, Martha. And here's here's what you can get out of this. We need to make sure that we never forget the importance of time that has been spent with Jesus. Time that has been spent with Jesus. Again, I know I dealt with some of this recently, but I'm going to go back to this for a moment. Time spent with the Lord is not wasted time. Time that is spent with the Lord is never wasted time. And I know that we are all busy people. I know that you've got things going on. I know that you have jobs. I know that you have families. I know that you have responsibilities. There are obligations. There are things that have to get done. You know we don't we don't we are not such a spiritual people. One of these days we're going to go to heaven, and and I don't know exactly how everything in heaven's going to work. But the great thing about it is that we will constantly be in the in the pure presence of the Lord. And that's going to be wonderful. But right now we're 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 seeing through a glass darkly. And we're and and, and sometimes we, we get that clear glimpse of the Lord, but other times it's just a little fuzzy, right? And and things demand our attention, and they are things that need our attention. If if well can I just go ahead and pastor a little bit this morning? Well, thank y'all. I appreciate it. If all you know how to do, the district superintendent told me I could take my liberty this morning. I feel good about it. If all you know how to do is is be in the spirit to such an extent that you can't, you can't take care of your obligations, you're not pleasing God. That's pretty good, isn't it? <laughs> oh, Lord, help me. Every once in a while, even a blind squirrel can find an acre. <laughs> now, I'm not as quick as staying cooked, so you, <laughs> you got to give me a little. Darren knows what I mean. If, if we're living up here in this spiritual realm all the time, that we can't take care of our obligations, we've got a problem. Bec- the Bible did say that he that doesn't take care of his family is worse than an infidel, right. yes. and the Lord did say to be diligent in our business. That's Bible. Did you know that? Yes, be diligent in your business. Yes. Take care of the responsibilities that you have. We live on earth. We've got to. We've we've got to survive. And and. You know, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you I don't see anything in Scripture to indicate that if if you say I'm going to fast the rest of my life and pray the rest of my life, that God said that's okay, you fast and pray for the rest of your life and I'll keep you alive supernaturally and you won't ever have to worry about it. It It's not going to work that way. It's not going to work that way. God expects you to take care of your responsibilities. Parents, our children are a tremendous responsibility. Matter of fact, it's a it's not even really separating what is spiritual from what is not spiritual because the the fact that god would put children into our hands and say i am entrusting them to you that is a spiritual thing that is a spiritual thing it obviously has has physical aspects to it but god has entrusted them to us and we need to take care of them we need to make sure that we are fulfilling responsibility to them to our spouse that 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 we are not Uh, ignoring them and, and not taking care of things, not being a good employee, all right? So there's all of that. But in that, the other side of that coin is that we can't just get so focused on all the other stuff that we forget that we need to spend time with the Lord. We do need to spend time with God. You do need to spend time in prayer. You do need to spend time in the Word. You do need to, every once in a while, push away from the table and say, I'm going to fast for a little bit because I want to overcome this flesh that is beginning to speak so loud in my life. We've got to hear from God. And so time spent with the Lord is never wasted time. And I'm going to tell you that there are are opportunities that come to us when the Lord begins to speak to us. There are opportunities that can come to us sometimes that we could never get back. Never get them back. Now, you think about this. When when Jesus is in Bethany at the house of Mary and Martha and Lazarus, their brother, and all of these people are sitting at his feet and taking care of things that they uh, are, are listening to the Lord teach things that he needs to teach. Um, in that moment, that's a great moment, but, but they have no guarantee that Jesus is going to pass this way again. They have... Certainly, that moment will never be recreated again. That's one of the reasons I, I am so strong on the fact that we don't have a... And, and I, please understand, here's my disclaimer. I know we get sick. I know we have obligations that occasionally take us from being able to be in the house of the Lord. But we need to do everything we can to be in the house of God. One reason for that is you never, never know what God's going to do in a service... You can't recreate that moment. You can't recreate those circumstances. You can't recreate the atmosphere or environment. And that is a moment in time that will pass. Let's, Wednesday night was such a moment in this church. I, I think Wednesday night was probably um, a, a key moment for, for our local congregation knowing that, that God came and strengthened and sustained us in a way that we needed. If you haven't, if you weren't here, I would encourage you to get on the podcast and hear that message. Um, I, I think it'll help you. But as good as it's going to be, maybe listening to it sometime else, it will never recreate being here and what we felt and experienced. Now, I understand there's things that take us some time. I get all that. You know that. I'm, I'm. I understand that. But we need to be careful that we don't miss opportunities that we shouldn't be missing. Because, They'll be gone forever. Other things are important, but time spent with the Lord is needful. Can you say amen? Amen. Luke 22. Luke 22, verses 31 and 32. This is Jesus. He's with the disciples. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you. As we. But I have prayed for thee. That thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted. Strengthen thy brethren. Simon. Simon. The Lord. Okay. I've got something very very important. To say to you. And here's the gist of what the Lord is telling. Simon Peter. Never forget. Don't ever. Don't ever. Uh, lose this. Realization. That the enemy desires to sift you. To cause your faith to fail. The devil hates you. The devil despises you and me. Because we are doing successfully what he could not do. We are submitting our lives to God. We are walking in the not just. Not just. Uh, being led by God's Spirit, as I talked about the need for earlier. But we are filled with God's Spirit. We are sitting with Him. Watch this. The Bible said we sit with Him in heavenly places. Satan has been cast down from that place. And we we are enjoying a, a fellowship, a communion with the Lord that the devil can no longer enjoy. And he hates us. And he despises us, and he wants to see every child of God. He wants to steal our faith. He wants to kill. He wants to destroy our walk with God. And the Lord told Simon, Peter, he said, Don't forget this, that Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. He wants your faith, verse 32. He wants your faith. To fail. But I've been praying for you. That your faith fail not. Now there's something we need to notice. About this right here. And that is the fact. Now this may mess with your theology a little bit. But you just leave the verse up there. Y'all watch. Look at the verse. And you think about what I'm saying. It is possible for the Lord to pray for us. And yet us override. What God is trying to have done in our life. Jesus Christ. God manifests in flesh, the one in whom dwelt all the fullness of the Godhead bodily looked at Simon Peter and said, I am praying for you. I am praying for you that your faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. It's great to, have to know that the Lord is praying for us. And if you go look in the book of John, you're going to find in the book of John where Jesus prays, and in that prayer, he prays for Uh, himself he prays for his disciples and he prays for those that will come after and that would be you and i all right and in his prayer one of the things that he is saying is that he's praying lord that that they that they'll stand strong Uh, he is praying the spirit that they would stand strong that they would not fall we would not fall but we know that people fall We know that people make mistakes. We know that sometimes people apostatize the gospel and they walk away from what the Lord has given us. And that happens. So despite the fact that Jesus is praying for us, it is possible for us to override what he is praying to happen in our life. And the Lord is letting Simon know, I am praying for you. I'm praying for you that your faith doesn't fail. I'm praying for you that when you are converted, you'll strengthen your brethren. But Simon, you're going to have to get on board this thing too. Because I can't just make you do this. You've got to have a desire to do this. You've got to have a desire to do this. You've got to have a desire for this. And, and you, you've got to remember, you're in a battle. You're in a fight. And you have to... Fight Now, you need to understand this. The devil will use whatever means he can to sift you. The devil will sift you with whatever he can possibly use to sift you. And it would surprise us some of the things that the enemy has used to sift people. It would surprise you. And I'll tell you this. He'll use, he'll use things that are near and dear to our heart to sift us. I don't want to scare you too bad this morning. But I do want to tell you the truth this morning. I'll tell you, he'll use things like family to sift you. He'll, 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 use, he'll use things like uh, uh, close friendships to sift you if he can. That is why we make a commitment. Our first priority, and, and we've, we, obviously we have responsibility. We have families to take care of. But my first priority is my relationship with God. It always has been and it always will be. Because if I don't have a relationship with God that is right, I can't even have the relationship with my wife that God wants me to have. Okay? So, so we, we can get by, but it won't be what God wants it to be if I don't get, get it right with Him first. And so we, we've got we've to make sure that we get all these things in the correct priority in our life. Because if we allow something to get out of balance, the devil will use that thing. The devil doesn't know your thoughts, but he does know what you say, and he does see what you do. And he's not a dummy. He's not a dummy. The song was right. The devil is a sly old fox. And he pays attention to us, and he's very aware of our weaknesses. And so he knows where to attack us. So don't forget that. He'll use whatever means he can to sift you. He does not want God's desires to be accomplished in your life. And I don't care how strong you are. I don't care, I don't care how long you've lived for God. Don't ever forget that our faith is susceptible to failing if we do not make a commitment to the Lord when the enemy has targeted us. That's why we come back. We come back. You know, Jacob uh, was running from his brother Esau. And as he ran from Esau, he came to the place. The Bible said he used a stone as a pillow. He laid down. He spent the night. He had the vision of the ladder coming down from heaven, the angels descending and ascending on that ladder. And as all of that was going on, uh, he wakes up the next morning. He said, "Surely the Lord was here. I I didn't know it." And so uh, he anointed that that rock, and he named the place that place Bethel. It was years later, years later. The Lord comes to him. Some twenty years later, the Lord comes to him and says, "Jacob, I want you to go back to the place where you met me before. I want you to go back to Bethel. I want you to get up, take your family." And head back to that place where we met before. Because here's the thing. Though God has done something in us before. It doesn't mean that God doesn't want to do something in us now. And we need to allow God to continually renew that thing in us. That he has established at one time. And and there's people here. You've lived for God for several years some of you. and, And you know exactly what I'm talking about. You, may, you were strong in the Lord at one time, and God had done one, wonderful things in your life for your family. But you came to a point where you knew, I need a fresh touch from God. And we need to be careful that we don't get into a dry place and our faith begin to fail because we have neglected to keep a, a connection with the Lord. Can you say amen? amen? Get back to the place where your faith is built. Get back to the place where your faith is built. The Lord is telling you he doesn't want your faith to fail. Third uh, third place I want to mention is found in Matthew chapter number 23 and verse 37. Matthew 23 and 37. Jesus is speaking. He says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Thou that killest the prophets and stonest them which are sent unto thee. How often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, and ye would not. O oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. This time the Lord is targeting all of his people. And here is what he is telling them. And you can read this account in other gospels and you'll, you'll see this word appear. He says, I had a time of visitation for you. And you didn't know the time of your visitation. I came to do something in you. I came to, to, to allow you um, to get on board with the thing that I am doing right now among my people in the earth. And you missed out on it. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. I would have gathered you together. I would have brought you as close as I possibly could. I would have had you as near to me as I could have got, But you wouldn't come near to me. You missed it. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. You missed what I was trying to do. And so I, in this particular passage, I am wanting to emphasize to you the importance that we don't miss the visitation of God in our lives. But, But... More than that, because this is dealing really with an entire nation. I don't want to miss the visitation of God in our church as a collective body. I thank God for what he does for me personally. Martha, Martha moments. I thank God for what he does for me personally when when I'm getting that one thing that is needful. But, oh, I thank God for what he's been doing in our church. I thank God for what he's been doing in our church. There's been such a powerful move of God this whole summer that's been sweeping through sanctuary. God's been doing wonderful things, folks. I mean, it, it, it's just been, it's been a breath of fresh air. It, it's, it's just kind of been like a, a stream flowing uh, through the woods, and you just stumble upon it, and you say, oh, this is exactly what I needed to refresh myself. God's doing wonderful things, and I don't want to be part of a people that miss out on what God is doing because we get to looking at everything else, and and, and, and we get our focus everywhere else, and we get caught up with stuff that... That I, I know it's I know it's all part of life, but I don't want to get caught up with everything else that pulls me away from God, pulls our church away from God to the point that we cannot experience the outpouring, the revival, the renewal, the restoration that God wants to pour out on a church. Right. I don't want to miss that. I don't want to miss that. Let's embrace our time of visitation. Acts 9. In verse number 4, Acts 9 and 4, And he fell to the earth. This is when Saul, who became the Apostle Paul, is on the way to Damascus. The Bible said, And he fell to the earth, and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul. Why persecutest thou me? Now, you have to remember that Saul, and I'm just going to call him Paul because that's what we came to know him as. Paul is doing, he has good motives. He has good motives because he is doing what he thinks is the right thing to do. He's convinced that persecuting the Christians is what God would have him to do. And he thinks he's in the right way. He thinks that that, that he has the, the mind of God. He's just convinced of it. And uh, and he was a learned man. And as he's on that Damascus road, the Lord, stri- <laughs> the Lord strikes him down and begins to speak to him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he says, Who art thou, Lord? And he says, I am... Jesus, whom thou persecutest. Uh, Here's what you're going to do. You're going to get up. You're going to go into the city. And you're going to go to a certain house. And wait there. And I'm going to send somebody to you that is going to uh, show you some things. There's going to be some revelation come to your life. Now, the reason I call it revelation is because, for one, Paul, again, was a learned man. He sat at the feet of Gamaliel. He was, he was Pharisee of the Pharisees. He, he, he knew the word of God as they had it in their day. He knew it, okay? But also, the Bible said that the Lord blinded him. And when Ananias came and Ananias prayed for him, the Bible said that scales fell off of his eyes, a type of something that would hinder you from seeing true revelation. And so there was revelation that came to Paul... As God began to deal with him. First he had the revelation that it was Jesus who is God. Who art thou Lord? I am Jesus. So he first got the revelation of who Jesus is. That he is God. But then he also got the revelation of the new birth. And he got the revelation of of Christianity. That had been given to the apostles. And that the apostle Peter had preached on the day of Pentecost. So. He had, he had revelation that began to uh, come into his life. And here's the point I want you to understand from this passage of Scripture. Doesn't matter how far you think you've come. Doesn't matter how much you think you know. Never forget that God wants to lead you in a better way. God wants to lead you in a better way. Be open to hearing from God. You don't know it all. You don't know it all. And we have to be open to receiving the word of the Lord. We have to be open to receiving the word of the Lord. Don't, don't, be, don't become too big to allow God to change you. And here's what I fear that we need to, that, that, where we sometimes go. I fear sometimes that we get this you've you've seen this where where people who have lived for God for a long time can get nervous about coming back to the altar yeah. because they don't want anybody to think that they're not living right or or that that what did I what they what they've been up to you yeah, know and yeah. and and we get uncomfortable coming back to the altar and uh giving somebody a false impression right. about some things yeah, right. When everything in them says, I just want to go to the altar, I just want to talk to the Lord for a while. And and, and they feel such a pull, but they will not respond to that pull because, because they don't want other people to think something differently. Okay, here's one of my concerns. That we get to a point where we've walked with God for a certain amount of time. We've lived for the Lord a certain amount of time. That we become uncomfortable to allow God to change things about us. Because if we let God change things about us now. That must mean that all this time I've been wrong. And how can I let all these people know I've been wrong for all this time. Well I'm doing pretty good right now. And I'm letting you know. That it's a process. That is ordained of God. That God is continually continually. Continually working on us, it is. It is a second Peter, chapter one. Go read that sometime. To me, it's the process of discipleship. Add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge temperance, to temperance, and he goes down a list. Godliness and all of these things. God adds everything to you. That you need added to you in his process. And as we approach the end of the process, it doesn't just stop and you say, okay, God's done everything in me he's gonna do. I'm set now, I'm good. No, then he takes you, he breaks you down and he starts the process all over again. That is why we're told that we need to allow our fallow ground to be broken up. Because all of us, all of us, all of us get fallow ground at times. I know we don't want to hear this right now, but it, but we need to. All of us get fallow ground in at times. And we all need to come before the Lord and let God break that up. And begin to do a new thing in us. A new thing in us. I don't want to get so... Uh, in my mind, so big, think that I know so much that God can't change me anymore because I resist His change. And when I resist His change, I stagnate. And if I stagnate, as pastor, this church is going to stagnate. And if you stagnate, your family's going to stagnate. We've got to allow God to change us. To change us. So, these are things that we need to hear. Divine repetition when God begins to repeat. Yes. Martha, don't ever forget the, the importance of time spent with the Lord. Yes. Simon, don't ever forget that the enemy does desire to sift you. Right. Jerusalem, don't forget, sanctuary church, that there is a time of visitation, and when it comes, you've got to respond to that. Saul, don't forget that God wants to lead you. In a better way. I've got some other things that I could mention this morning. But we're going to stop right there. And I'd like us to pray as we're dismissing this class. I'd like us to pray. That we would be sensitive to hearing the voice of God. As he begins to speak to us. So that he can say exactly what we need to hear. Could you pray that right now? In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord. I want to hear your voice. God, I want to be sensitive to you. Lord, I want to become everything that you are calling me to become. I want to be converted. I want to become a true disciple. I want, Lord, for your will to be accomplished in my life. I want, God, for my family to to represent everything that you want us to represent. Lord, I am praying that we would hear your voice when you call. Let this church hear your voice when you are leading us in times of refreshing. When you are leading us in days of visitation. Let this church, God, hear your voice in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Could we give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning?